I think we're reaching a point uh, across the island, actually, that there is a recognition how important our public services are, whether they're provided by the public service or private, but our healthcare, our education, our transport infrastructure, our environmental footprint that we're creating, our communities, who's being left behind. These things are now, uh, Brexit's brought them into sharper focus that we have to have a better think at, okay, what, what does success look like? The Architects of Business on Joe, in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year. Telling the inspirational stories behind Ireland's most successful entrepreneurs. Hello and welcome back to Architects of Business on Joe, made in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year, where we hear the inspirational stories of some of Ireland's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Sonia Lennon, and today it's our second panel discussion of the season. I'm joined by Eleanor Chambers, CEO of NextGen Power, and Neil Gibson, EY's Chief Economist, to discuss the dreaded Brexit and what it means for Irish business. Eleanor and Neil, we're here to talk about Brexit. <laughs> so exciting. Um, but you have both got very specific takes on, on the situation that we're in. How to um, how to get through it from a business point of view, from a social point of view, from an econ- uh, uh, e- economic point of view. Um, Neil, you're chief economist with EY. Um, I suppose the big thing that people want to know is what are the likely scenarios? Um, what's the worst case scenario, and what's the best case scenario? Yes, unfortunately, I mean, as we record this, we're you know just over a month away, and still we're not sure what form of exit. Uh, the UK might go through and that makes it very difficult because you have to scenario plan you have to be saying as a business okay let's say there's a no deal so Britain leaves the EU doesn't form doesn't have a deal the so-called no deal or hard Brexit what would that mean for my business so you need to think that through plan that Uh, but equally you can see the reluctance of firms to put much resource into that because we've had delays before we can't even be certain that that's the, protect, the, the direction we're going to go. We've had U-turns before, we've had all, all sorts of stuff. Almost everything's still on the table. But it's always good to prepare to know what the worst case would be. So certainly for the island of Ireland, uh, a no deal uh, would be quite challenging. So that would bring in tariffs for certain industries. It would certainly make the currency, the exchange rate between sterling and euro, very volatile for a period of time. And it would make a number of industries and in particular businesses uh, find trading conditions change overnight. And, and I think that's part of the problem, isn't it? That not all business is equal. Not all nope. situations are equal. So it's it's very much a contextual response to, to these potential situations. Absolutely. So you must know your own business, of course, uh, but you need to know the business of your competitors, of your suppliers. Would they be affected? Would that materially impact uh, uh, you, even if you're not feeling the direct impact? So the sort of tips for business are make sure you know what currency changes mean. Know if you would be exposed to any tariffs on the goods or services that you provide and know whether your suppliers would be impacted accordingly. Um, There are other long-term implications, but in terms of day one preparation, currency, tariffs, and um, a little bit about regulations or, or laws. Know your supply chain very well. Know your competitors. But of course, in any period of disruption, and it may seem strange to say this, but 
anything that disrupts trade will present other opportunities. So you may find one of your competitors more severely impacted than yourself. You may find that, um, you know, a competitor on, you know, say in Northern Ireland, it might be a competitor in the Republic of Ireland or vice versa, who can no longer supply to the GB market competitively. That might give you an edge. So it's always been able to see, even in the toughest of times, could there be an advantage for me in, in this particular window? I think one thing it's important to say is, it will settle down. However tough Brexit looks, no matter what outcome we have, fundamentally economies perform based on the talent of their people, the innovation, the infrastructure, the education system, the governance, the rule of law. The Both economies will continue to perform. It just could be a very volatile... keep on trucking regardless we of We could what have happens. a very volatile period. Uh, we may need to have some forbearance on the banks or a little bit of um, uh, leeway or a little bit of government intervention. But in the long run, the businesses will perform, or the two economies will, will survive and continue to grow. So sometimes you have to think both the short-term impacts, can I prepare for those, can I be ready for them? But also think long-term, what's my product, what's my service? Brexit's only one of the changes that's going to come along. Keep almost staying true to your mission. What do I produce, for whom, at what price? Focus on that know what the implications might be. And I think very important to say there is a growing support network out there, whether it's IBEC, Chambers of Commerce, Intertrade Ireland, Invest NI. Know that you've got a phone number. You know that you who you can pick up. Look through their little checklists and also have that contact that if something comes up you weren't expecting, you know who to pick the phone up. So do a bit of preparation that even if you're not putting a lot of resource in now, you know immediately yeah. who you can pick up the phone to to give you a bit of help through it. And Eleanor, you, you're almost the perfect storm in terms of uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the work that you're doing uh, in the South and in the North. So you're kind of seeing it from all angles. And, you know, myself and Neil were talking about this earlier, that entrepreneurs, it, by their very nature, um, have this kind of baked in agility. So it's, 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 you're, you're almost expecting change. H- how do you begin to plan for those various scenarios uh, across the span of your businesses? Well, let me roll back first. Um, I can remember pre-Euro when I had to import goods within Europe using different currencies. I can remember importing goods from the US so I know what it's like to pay tariffs and manage paying either freight on board or... And you're still here. Credit, you know. <laughs> you're and, old enough to remember all oh, that. Oh, Jesus, thanks, Neil. This interview is going to be brilliant <laughs> now. Everybody's <laughs> happy. <laughs> you know, I remember all of that stuff and I'm not saying I'm really looking forward to coming back and it was a bit of a pain in the neck, but you know what, you got on with it. And you're talking about the nature of entrepreneurs. The nature of entrepreneurs is you see opportunity where everybody else sees problems. And I suppose that's why we do what we do. I call entrepreneurship the last safe haven for the lunatics because <laughs> you can actually get away with doing exactly what you want and call a business. That's kind of beautiful, isn't it? And Neil is quite right. Purely from a business perspective, look, change is what happens all the time. And if you expect change not to happen, well, just stay in bed and don't get up. Mm-hmm. And even then the roof could fall in. Who knows? I, I know indeed. And we will talk a little bit more about the future of Europe. But I think if we if we if we go there right now, we may not be primed <laughs> and ready. So let's hold on to that one for a minute. Um, what, what are the what are the potential positive outcomes for you as, as a business business owner? Well, the business that I, and you have to remember, my current business is very new. Um, and I was saying actually to Neil earlier, what I have done is I've actually registered the business in Northern Ireland, but I've also registered 
the same company in Southern Ireland. Uh, and I will decide as things unfold, which will be my major place of operation. But that's a fantastic piece of advice for anybody in, in that situation where they're straddling the border, you know, something something so simple, um, but with so much foresight that could make the difference between everything that happens between now and there. Well, to me, that was just logical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how it pans out. And the I really think we want to see what's going to happen because we've been on sort of hold for too long. But I'm really positive about our community of entrepreneurs because whatever adversity is, everybody gets through it. And Brexit, actually, for some of the things that I've been through in my business life, Brexit isn't um, insurmountable. It's not pleasant. It was unnecessary. Uh, but it's coming down the track and, and I'm sure we'll all cope. It was unnecessary and yet it blindsided us. Um, why was it such a surprise? Well, you mentioned what good or what positives there might be. And if there's anything I would like to, I mean, Brexit as a, as a vote um, that came as such a surprise should really ask some challenging questions of, of my profession, of economics, um, of, of, of uh, commentators and how they understand how satisfied the public are with economic performance. I think one of the positives, if we can put it that way, that could come out of this is a, is a time to reflect and say, well, what do we really consider to be success for an economy or for a society? And it's clearly more than just economic growth now. It's not enough to say um, the economy's performing well. Ireland's the fastest growing economy in Europe last year, for example. That's not enough. It's now this sort of intertwining of economic progress, social progress, environmental progress, these are the things that we have to look. We have to look through different lenses to ju to judge whether think whether our society is performing as well as we would like. And there is a a similar uh, change in business mindsets too, starting to think about beyond the P and L, beyond shareholder value. So that's very important. But there are other things. What society am I contributing? What way am I contributing to the local community, to society? What is my environmental impact? That's what workers. That's what citizens are, are demanding. And I think we're reaching a point. Uh, across the island, actually, that there is a recognition how important our public services are, whether they're provided by the public service or private, but our healthcare, our education, our transport infrastructure, our environmental footprint that we're creating, our communities, who's being left behind. These things are now, uh, Brexit's brought them into sharper focus that we have to have a better think at, okay, what, what does success look like? It's not and enough to be And I think that growing. is the problem, you know, with the, the second fastest growing economy in Europe and yet record numbers of suicide, homelessness, obesity, um, like critical social issues. And, and in a way, when, you know, history has shown us that we look back 100 years and go, they did it like that. You really have a strong sense that in 100 years time, people will look back at how we're only beginning to wrap our heads around the enmeshing of economy and society. And, and they'll be thinking, I can't believe it took them so long. Yeah, there's a there's a model that has been there, I suppose, for 30 years plus. And it's all about, and I would have been known to quote it, you know, success is paper thin, it's called a balance sheet. I no longer think like that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that profit isn't key, because unless you can run a profitable business, you actually can't keep going. But it's about the economics of enough. What is enough profit? And as well as that, what are the other benchmarkers that we decide is a successful business? And it is around social responsibility. It is around inclusion and 
the one really close to my heart is, and this is one of the things that really bugs me about Brexit, the environmental issues that we're dealing with. They are real and we are already late to the party to try and clean it up. And Brexit has just detracted from all of the things that are impossible, are important. Um, and the, the business that I am currently in, it is around giving people, and, and the irony of it is, all of the technology that's needed bar safely flying airplanes without falling out of the sky, without using fossil fuel. That's the only one, as far as I'm concerned, that we should currently be doing. We should have electric cars on the road. The equipment is there to heat your homes, run your homes using solar and battery. And there's also an electric heating system that isn't a heat pump. But that's a whole different story. But my and point is... this is baked is, into your mission. This is here. It is now. It is available. It is affordable. It is doable. But we have to get away from being an I society. We must go back to being a we society. And that's and we also all have to take personal responsibility. Otherwise, we will be the generation that didn't stand up and look after the planet for the future. And that's the other thing about Brexit, Neil. It's dividing in its thinking. Yeah. And we have never as a world needed to be one planet. Mm -hmm. Nature doesn't care if it's France, if it's Germany, if it's Ireland, if it's England. We have got to be as one how we deal with these problems. And I think we can take from Brexit um, that we didn't in this modern age of, of social media and new means and methods of communicating, we didn't really have a great public debate in terms of what the real evidence is and what, the, what, what was the real question that people, what were people really upset about? Was this the right question? There's also been, after the vote, uh, a very uh, divisive argument of, um, for example, not trying to understand why people would vote in a different way than, 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 than you might have. And I think that's a challenge to us all as well, is to spend more time trying to understand um, why people would hold a very different view. Because if we don't understand that, we can't really improve things and we'll be taken by surprise again. We will have... You know, if it was to use the, the the old line of you know it's the economy, stupid. If it was only the economy, mm -hmm. then you know Ireland would be the, 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 you you wouldn't you would you would be struggling to see a problem, and yet you listed many of them. There's yeah. huge amounts of work to be done. So so you know, I think uh, repeal and marriage equality are two great examples of that national discussion in a way that didn't happen in in the mm -hmm. UK around Brexit, um, and I suppose we we. We, we are very nationalistic, you know, in a different way um, to, to the UK. And we are very proud of being our Irish. There is most definitely a rise in populism, which has been responsible for Brexit, for the election of Trump. Are, are, are we in danger of, of falling victim to that as a, as a small island? You would think, I mean, it's often commented that, that, that there, there's a hugely cosmopolitan, very liberal, very modern thing. It, it would be, you've got to watch that that doesn't breed a level of complacency. There are concerns around things. You mentioned the, 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 the very worrying rise in sort of incidents of mental health problems, suicide rates, homelessness. There are huge social issues, not even to mention the environmental issues that Elner pointed to, to say, actually, there is still a lot of work to do. And if you really think about it, populism uh, is very often dismissed, but actually we all have a bit of it in us. We all think about our own lives first. We think about the education for our children, our own health care. Our we, own patch. Yes. And ultimately populism is an outworking of that feeling at, at a greater scale. 
you know, I grew up and was trained and taught economics at a time when the, the, the benefits of world trade, openness, no borders, free movement of goods and, 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 and services, was it was a becoming a smaller world. These things would no longer be a concern. Now, you know, well, 20 years on, I'll say generously, but 30 years on, really, <laughs> um, we're now in a world where we're worried about the amount Don't of cost. Don't start spinning on us now, Neil. I know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've given away that now. I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed about that. But we're now worried about the cost of shipping, the, the environmental cost of shipping across the world. We're now worried about the fact that we've lost jobs in certain sectors to other parts of the world. So populism is... Uh, not something you can dismiss out of hand. You have to understand why it exists. And it exists because we can see um, areas of our life, our society, our culture, not in the way that we expected that this growth would deliver. That's not to say we're going to rein back totally, but we do have to have a very important conversation about what it means to be a global and open society dealing with global problems. Because at our heart, all of us have a little bit of populism in us. We do look at our own patch. So we shouldn't be as surprised that that's, as, that that's become such a movement. But we need to think about, okay, well, what are the issues at the heart of that? How do we tackle them? And how do we think about more global solutions to some of the problems? Fantastic. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back uh, and ask the question, is it too late to start planning? And what is the future of Europe? The Architects of Business on Joe, in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year. So we said we'd come back with the question, is it too late to start planning? Um, and there's a lot of doomsday uh, thinking out there. So despite the fact that, um, you know, this, the whole argument for sustainability is um, almost fighting for airspace at the moment yeah. with, with Brexit. Yeah. And yet Brexit is, is a, a sort of a pimple on that Absolutely. bigger issue. Absolutely. And I suppose that's, that's, that's one of the things, um, the kind of this too will end, <laughs> you know, and, and Brexit will find its own conclusion. And Neil, as you said, there will be wobbles and there will be um, trips, but eventually things will come good again. That's the nature of our cyclical society and economy. But, but going back to the question and, and bearing that in mind, what can we do now as, as businesses? And, and we have uh, business owners listening and entrepreneurs listening who, who maybe don't um, have the insight that you showed in terms of registering north and south. And that seems, you know, common sense and logical to you. It doesn't necessarily to, to everybody. So, so what can be done now in practical terms? Um, just wait to see what's coming down the track. I mean, I did a breakfast Brexit. That's difficult. <laughs> Brexit a, breakfast. Yeah. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Yes. Um, a way back within the first two months, which mm. is 16, oh, yeah. 16, yeah. yeah. And after that, I refused to do them because I saw a room full of nervous people looking towards the stage, looking for answers. And I said, I will be totally disingenuous if I take part in pretending to have answers yeah. that nobody has. Yeah. But we're coming towards the end of the next sprint, we'll describe it. Um, and I will say from a positive point of view, I haven't talked to a lot of manufacturing businesses in particular. Um, I'm also the entrepreneurial ambassador for Northern Ireland, so I tend to get involved with businesses both north and south. A lot of people have taken it as a, let's sit back and look at the things in our business that we've left alone, as in the suppliers I'm buying from in the UK, 
the percentage of customers I have that I'm selling to, to in the UK. And in a way, the three years has been a little bit of a, a systemic a reassessment. Yes. Yeah. For the people who took advantage of it, who are now buying raw materials from within the EU, as opposed to always buying it from uh, the UK and then looking for other markets to export their goods. So maybe it was a bit of wake up and shake yourself And off. it is the case that you, if, you're, if you're, you know, doing things in business a certain way, yeah. it, it's, it's easier in one way to just keep doing them. Whereas a crisis presents yourself with the opportunity to, to remodel what you're doing in a more efficient way. Yeah, that, that's definitely the case. Yeah. And Elner's advice is, is quite right there. None of the clients we've worked with have, have any of that due diligence or preparation work. It's never wasted. Mm. If you find out you've only one potential supplier, and that's a risk, whether Brexit was happening or not, and it's good to know that. Your currency exposure, it could be, you know, recent spikes in oil prices. Mm -hmm. You need to know what your exposure is. So even getting the process in place as to how to think through what are the big risks? Okay, what does environmental change mean for me? What am I doing in the local community? What does Brexit mean? What does tariff wars between the US and China mean? You don't have to do a huge amount of effort, but just making sure you have that risk register up to date. It's certainly never too late to plan and you should never hesitate to pick up the phone to one of the support agencies if you suddenly have a worry. Don't ever think it's too late to do something. The nature of entrepreneurs is, you know, that they can they can, you know, shift tack very quickly if 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 the circumstances require. When when we do the EOI program as an economist, it never ceases to amaze me the different sectors, the different places, businesses I couldn't even have imagined mm. that are successful. And yet when you talk to the story, how much they've changed over the years mm-hmm. due to different circumstances. So that nimbleness and agility remains important, but you should never, even if you've had a bad few weeks or the figures are down, you shouldn't be saying, well, it's Brexit, it's a tough climate. That's the wrong attitude to have. Well, it's that's to deflecting say, out, yes, right? that's, And there's always something you can yeah. blame. It's to say... No, I'm going to go down my list of the things that influence me today and tomorrow. I think one big change we've seen is this idea of big systemic change being a long-term thing, whether it's environment, whether it's demographic change, whether it's data analytics and automation. Those are all here now. So you can't put them off as something we think about at the strategy session we do once a year. It's part of your planning. It can be very simple on one page and say, I know who I'm going to ring if that's a problem. If this happens, this is how I'll switch. And of course, what much of the entrepreneur family have in their favour is, if they, Elner said it right at the beginning, if they need to switch, they can. Look, many bigger organisations may have, we may say, well, they have a bigger resource to plan, but they're also slower moving. Yeah. It can be very difficult for them to react to, to these quick changes. So that nimbleness becomes important, but it's all about the psychology and the mindset. I look at what's going to, my exposure is to whatever the issue might be. I'll know what I'm going to do if it falls in a certain way and I'll react very quickly when it happens. And, and, and you know, it, it seems like the, 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 the velocity of change, and you must have seen this in your business, is such that um, it, it used to be kind of rolling, undulating peaks and troughs of change. It's now faster and shallower and every day brings kind of new challenges, whether they're environmental, whether they're technological. You, you must be experiencing that. Well, you know, one of the things, the benefit I have of, of having come through three businesses and all in different sectors is if I look back on the journey and each business, the business plan that I put in place that I hope to deliver out on so far, so good. That has happened. But the actual journey was never as I wrote down. 
But at no point in the journey while it was happening did I stop and go, oh, hang on a second, on page 10, it said by month six, I should be here. You kind of just roll with it yeah. and it's only reflectively you look back. So that doesn't really concern me and it doesn't concern most people who know that actually it's rigid people who can't be entrepreneurs. It is, and I think I think where the where the the vulnerability lies is in legacy businesses that have a, a, you know a, a deep history and now have to think in a very new way and change their mindset to business. And and I suppose that is the difference between success or failure. Are you the 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 big um, you know steamboat or are you the little tugboat who can turn around on a whim? And I think all businesses need to think like that at this stage. Yes, we've seen a number of uh, very high-profile major employers uh, uh, not be able to adapt to that change in mobility. I think it is important to say, however, that there will be some who, through no fault of their own, simply the very specific sector, the location mm-hmm. they're in, they have one customer, they only have one. So there could. It's hard to see going through, if it is a no-deal Brexit, that there won't be some casualties along the way. So we also must... In very re- clear sectors at the moment. Absolutely. I mean, we know of the worries that we have around agri-food. There's certainly concerns in some of the transportation sectors too, even around tourism, there could be some risks. Fundamentally, we have to also remain a sort of sympathy and empathy with those who maybe, for no fault of their own, can't, uh, quite adapt or move quick enough. We have to think of people who do lose their job, think about... So, in, in a sense, we want to embrace the ability to be entrepreneurial, to be nimble, to be quick, but also the fact that there may be some requirement of governments to step in to provide a little bit of aid or support or transition funding to help businesses uh, 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 through or help communities through. It can be a very difficult time, and that's one of the great challenges for successful businesses is to know how to demonstrate that success without being uh, disingenuous to those who have struggled. It's a, it's a devastating thing for someone to lose their job or for a community to lose its major employer. So there will be some disruption and difficulties. Yeah. Yes, the best businesses will be able to, uh, you know, step and adapt and change, but there will be some casualties mm-hmm. and that will require a response. Other employers to pick up some of the labour and talent. I mean, employers tell us across the island their biggest issue, north or south, you know, we have supposedly one of the UK's weaker economies and one of Europe's fastest. And yet when I operate across the island, the same issues come up all the time. Where can I get the talent I need? Mm-hmm. So even picking up talent from, from those, maybe looking at some interventions, that's why we're likely to see fairly conservative for the small C budgets as governments hold back any finance to maybe step in if there are difficulties. So disruption does have its casualties and we mm-hmm. can't um, uh, sugarcoat the fact that that yeah. could be very difficult. But there will be winners. They may then get access to some talent. But as a society, we must always, you know, I talk about figures all the time. But when that unemployment number ticks up, those are individuals, people, families, communities, and that matters. And what we talked about earlier in this program, it's important we think of those societal, the disruption that we might see in certain sectors and areas and not simply dismiss it as being... They weren't fast enough or nimble yeah. enough. There will be some casualties through no so, fault so of their own. So you're back to that, um, you know, that that enmeshing of of the economy and society. Like it, it, we we have to start thinking differently. Yes, we to, we have to change how we live completely. We have to go back to what we called fundamentals of, and I'm talking about it in a business context because that's what we're doing. What does success? What does new success look like? Um, and I would actually describe myself now as a capitalist with a social conscience. And that's very important to me Mm. that, you know, when I'm by myself on my own, that I can, with all conscience, look at myself and say, 
Yes, you do what you do. Yes, you make money, but you do it in a bigger picture way than just looking at the bottom line. I, I mean, that's been a huge change. I mean, our organisation, EY, has a tagline, you're building a better working world. But that feels very real to me as an economist, but it's becoming more widespread across the whole firm as you start to worry, well, the unemployment rate does matter to me. Uh, the fact that we are thinking about ways to fund our infrastructure here in Ireland, that's a question that keeps me awake at night, keeps my colleagues excited about, OK, can we think of a new funding way? Can we think of a way to pay for the infrastructure the island needs? Because we know that the government's pockets are not deep enough. But that problem is is all of our problems. It it's is. not the fact that we can say, well, the government hasn't de delivered my services. Well, we need the taxes to do that. We need to think that all of those problems are society's problems. And I think that's been a real change over my professional life is that yeah. Elmer's journey is replicated as people are starting to think we, we're in a privileged position. We could, could do more. And I think it's really interesting that, you know, business, big business often gets a bad rap. You know, it, it isn't yes. particularly embraced by the media. You know, people are, are distrustful. Um, whereas actually these changes in thinking are coming from the intersection of the talent pool and the business owners. And, and these changes are happening moving upwards to government yes. and and I think if the if you know if the government could start to understand well actually hang on let's think about this differently and your version of what is success yeah. that would make a huge impact well entrepreneurs do get a bad rap and I have to say some of the most decent people I know and some of my best friends are entrepreneurs because they tend to be open they tend to be real now there are bad business people but they're never long-term business people <laughs> they're just bad business people yeah and Everything in business and everything in life is based on trust, is based on honesty, Respect. and people buy people first. And if you can't actually deliver on those, you can't build a big business. That's logical. So we we could talk forever on all of this. We promised that we would come to the future of Europe. Um, so, so part of Ireland's success is as that economic grouping in Europe. Neil, um, you know, this rise in populism, uh, you know, e political and economic uh, upheaval across that landmass and beyond. What what do you think is going to happen in the, in the mid-future? Well, the honest answer is that Brexit should be a wake-up call. There is much to think about in the European community. Uh, we have a very difficult social conversation around the issue of migration to really deal with. Migration is an absolute necessity for us to grow. We need different cultures, different attitudes. Businesses, societies need to embrace that, which we do by and large in Ireland. But it does bring pressure. More people means you need better infrastructure, better housing, better um, hospitals, more hospital beds, more school places. And one of the stories of uh, Brexit is that we, we weren't providing those services in the UK quick enough. So we have to have this coming back to this question about, well, what's a successful society? So Europe as, a, as an entity has to think about two, a number of things. One of them would be um, this uh, social, economic and environmental intersection and how we think about that as our sort of economic or our societal goal. We need to think about what we do in a crisis next time. So the, the, the difficulties for Greece, for Portugal and here in Ireland to correct itself went through a very painful austerity period that was very damaging. 
Would we do that again in the next crisis? I'm not sure. Uh, does the one size fit all, same interest rate, same exchange rate, does that work? And if it doesn't, do we have to think about transferring money in different ways? And one of the, one of the, the risks, I suppose, is is a kind of a, a twin track economy, you know, with Germany and the rest of Europe. And, you know, how 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 does politics meet meet economics and, and what are when do market forces prevail? Yes, it would be a huge mistake to say Brexit was a quote unquote British problem. It speaks to dissatisfaction with the economic model that we've seen. And that should be challenging us all to think about what could we do better. I mean, Ireland is a very pro-European country. It's benefited massively. Uh, but it's now going to become a very, uh, it's got a very important voice in the European discussions about saying, look, we do need to set a different set of goals about what a successful Europe looks at. Italy still has some economic problems. So does Greece. So does Portugal. There are uh, more challenges to come and it would be a mistake to say that once Brexit is out of the way that we've got past that. It, it's a symptom of some underlying economic, social, environmental challenges that we've all got to embrace and Ireland will have to play its part in that. Eleanor, we're, we're going to wrap up very soon. Is there any sort of parting thoughts that you'd like to leave our audience with? We are at the beginning of a changing world and I think we should look at it as opportunity and I think we need to embrace the responsibility. Spoken like a true entrepreneur. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us on Architects of Business and uh, talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to Joe's Architects of Business, made in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year. Thanks to the whole team here at Maximum Studios and, of course, to my guests, Eleanor Chambers and Neil Gibson. If you haven't already done so, please do subscribe to the show to get a brand new episode into your feed every fortnight for free. I'm your host, Sonia Lennon. Talk to you soon. The Architects of Business on Joe, in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year telling the inspirational stories behind Ireland's most successful entrepreneurs.